Hey, what's up? We're back with another episode of Kente Corner, Casual Hoya podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all those places where you listen. As always, I'm Bobby Bancroft at Bobby Bancroft on Twitter. Here with Mr. Casual Hoya, Andrew Geiger. Andrew, what's up? What's up? Um, so Georgetown finished off the first week of the season with a win over Central Arkansas, the first meeting between these two storied teams, um, 89-78, and Hoy is now 2-0. Big test coming up this week against Penn State. What's your feel? 2-0, what's your feel? Everything's great, right? I, I wish I felt better, um, yeah. but, but I guess it could be worse. So, I, I, you know, meh kind of comes to mind. I, I I would have thought that they would have come out and really just run Central Arkansas off the floor. Um, and it looked like it was kind of trending that way in the first half. Then came around the second half and it was just kind of, well, what's going on here? You know, it, they just didn't, they weren't able to put them away. Sure, at the end of the day, it's a double-digit victory, but the spread was close to 20, if I recall. Yeah. Um, and, you know, point spread is one thing, but this just didn't feel like a game that, I mean, sure, the outcome was never in doubt, I guess, but it would have been nice to be up by more than 15 at some point in the second half. I don't even think we got there. Um, so I don't know. I think uh, Ewing's got some work to do, especially ahead of Penn State, our first legitimate opponent coming up on Thursday. Yeah, I think the same thing. Um in being there, there were a couple differences from the first game. Obviously, they didn't get into a ginormous hole, which is what you're – that's kind of the first thing. Hey, can you not go down by 20? Um, but, you know, Ewing – LeBlanc was back, which was good. Everybody was – you know, you thought he was coming back, but he was actually there and everything was great. He started just – or no, he didn't start. Sorry. He was – Correct. Yeah. He was off the bench. Sorry, sorry. Um, maybe sort of the residuals of whatever it is he did to not play in the first game – probably extending to that. I, I would I would think he would start against Penn State. Um, but, uh, yeah, they didn't necessarily uh, squeeze the life out of the Central Arkansas Bears. I wish I think everyone would have felt a lot better about that, get those first night jitters against Mount St. Mary's over. Um, but Ewing did not go with the Teal team, which I'm going to call them if we ever see the Teal team again, which is subbing five guys at once. They did not do that, which I thought was a huge – kind of where the Mount St. Mary's game got away from them a little bit in terms of, oh, now you're losing, um, going with the bench. Um, so, yeah, it uh, sitting next to the Central Arkansas radio guys, they were pretty pumped up about what was going on. And, you know, <laughs> I understand why. You know, even towards the end, I know that their coach was sort of calling meaningless timeouts in the last minute, which is making all of us groan. But, uh, you know, for them, that was, that was a pretty good result after the way the Baylor game went. And we can see what they do against Duke because they play Duke, I think, today or tomorrow. And we'll see what Duke does to them. But, yeah, definitely definitely not not the cleanest week for Georgetown to start. But Georgetown last year, I thought, a lot of times sort of played up and down to opponents. And, right. I, you know, not to just say, oh, it's magically going to be better on Thursday against Penn State. I sort of kind of expect that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always hard when you are playing with a double-digit lead to then turn it up a notch and really extend it. Um, you know, it's not like Georgetown got in a hole at any point in this game. Um, I just would have liked to see a little bit more. Uh, I think on the encouraging side, again, the ability to kind of score in spurts 
um, what was there. I think they had a nice like 12-0 run at one point towards the end of the, the first half that uh, gave them that provided the, the margin at, at the half. Um, so that's encouraging. The fact that this team can be down, um, but kind of turn around quickly, that that certainly gives some hope. Um, and then, of course, Yurt Seven. Um, he was kind of a beast all afternoon, scoring at will, I thought, um, uh, coming off what I thought was an impressive debut as well. So good good to see him get in the mix. He seems to have some good chemistry with the other guys on the floor, um, and he's going to be a big part of what we need to do against uh, the Nittany Lions. Yeah, absolutely, and a big part of what they do just all season long. Um, so not 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 just from the Central Arkansas game, but I was trying to think for myself of, okay, you know, there's a lot of complaints, a lot of a lot of worry, a lot of panic, and Hoya Nation. A Marquette blog asked me, "Is it time to start, you know, worrying about the Hoyas?" And I said, "Not just let you know. Let's wait till Thursday." Central Arkansas is basically their last what you would consider bad opponent. So they've got a stretch here that's going to be pretty good, and. What are the positives so far that I've seen the sort of like unexpected surprises, I guess? Well, I guess surprises are always unexpected, but the pleasant, the pleasant surprises, I would say your seven's pretty much as advertised. He's not missing. He's pretty, he's just, he's a really good offensive player. Um, I would say, you know, Mosley's really picking his shots so much so that mm-hmm. he hasn't missed yet this year. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's going to be hard to take him out of the starting lineup. And I know people are trying to figure out who's going to start this. And I think um, I wasn't sure to make of uh, Alexander after barely playing at LSU and then going to a Juco. Obviously we've seen all kinds of Juco stats. I mean, Jonathan Momore's Juco stats. It was like, wow, he's going to come and, you know, score 20 a game, you know, didn't work out that way for him. So I think, I think Alexander for me has been like, wow, this guy looks, he, he looks ready. Absolutely. I've been impressed with him. I think he provides some toughness off the bench. He's hit uh, a couple threes, knocked down some good shots. Um, I, I th- I've been impressed with Terrell Allen, too. I think he's he has some sort of calming effect on the offense whenever he has the ball, um, which is exactly what you want in a, in a veteran point guard. Um, I would like to see his minutes increase, actually. Um, and then to your point about Mosley, absolutely. He's playing much better this year. Um, really kind of emerging as a leader, um, picking his, his, his shots. Um, I think there was a moment in the central Arkansas game where he turned it over against the press, which brought back horrible memories of, of years past whenever he was the main ball handler and facing a press. (laughs) Um, but I think that was just because Akinjo was on the bench for that spell. Um, and maybe the, the bench is something we need to talk about, too, because I, I, there seem to be a lot of interesting parts that Ewing has. I think he played 11 guys against yeah. Central Arkansas. Um, but he hasn't really figured out the rotations just yet, right? I mean, LeBlanc off the bench is interesting. I do agree with you. I think that's going to change. I think he's still, you know, being punished for whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone brought up on... On Twitter, the the thought of McClung coming off the bench as sort of as some sort of instant offense or guy who can anchor a second unit, uh, that was interesting to me. I'm not sure you need McClung in the starting five with all that other offense out there. Uh, I like again, that. I, yeah, I don't think Ewing would make that change, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, no, I was driving that train last year pretty hard when the because when the season started, I think. I think McClung was something like 0 for 17 from three to start the season. Yeah, yeah. Was... he start he started out cold last year for sure. And I decided that I'd fallen in love with Greg Malinowski, 
and I wanted him to start and I wanted McClung to come in and just fill it up. You know, like you get a clunk, you get the Kinjo out. So McClung has the ball, you know, at media day talked about his handles being better on the stuff. So that being said, when you talk to Ewing anytime, he talks about a Kinjo and McClung are supposed to be two of the best players in the conference. And I don't think he is going to bring off what he thinks is one of the best players in the conference off his bench. I just don't see it happening. Um, right. But I think it definitely would shake things up, particularly if you're starting Mosley. So you have two guards in there. And then if you have, you know, Pickett is kind of, you know, like a, a swing, a, you know, a wing guy. Um, I think I I could definitely be talked into that, but I would be surprised if Patrick Ewing could be talked into that. But there definitely has yeah, to be and, something and, done. And, 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 yeah, I agree. But the thing is, if you – assuming LeBlanc comes into the starting lineup and then Mosley goes – and I don't know if Mosley is the one that goes, but let's say Mosley then goes – the second unit or your your teal team as it were yes that, that teal squad is really devoid of any offense now that's assuming blair stays in his slump remember i'm on i'm on blair island <laughs> and i think you are on an island right now as far as that goes <laughs> i mean obviously so i was thinking about this earlier today when i was running some errands so you know i have a really cool life that this one i'm thinking about i guess but um <laughs> my my guess is that in practice blair is lights out Okay. I think he was first off the bench the other day. If he wasn't first, he was second. So both games. So Ewing's going to him early. I think knowing like, look, I've got this option off the bench. He'll take a shot from anywhere. And in practice, my guess is he's making them from everywhere. And so I think he missed, he missed his five shots in the first game. He missed his four first three or four. And then when he, he made like um, a floater and then he made a layup, but he made a three eventually against, against the bears. And, the look on his face was like, yes, like, you know, just like, it was just like relief. Like, why aren't these falling? That's what, that's what it feels like. This is what's going to be happening. So when we talk about the bench, we talk about shortening the bench. Like you said, 11 players played, not just in the game, but in the first half. Um, I feel like Gardner is probably the first candidate. He was the last guy in. I think he benefited the most in the first game from LeBlanc not suiting up. And then it's got to be one of the guards, right? It's got to be Blair Allen. And, you know, both guys make, I think, pretty strong cases of why they would not get shortened, you know. But I think and, 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 and we're, we're assuming that he wants to shorten the bench. I mean, I thought that I think that the times they have pressed on defense um, have been effective. Oh, really? Uh, well, I mean, in the sense that it just causes some sort of havoc, right? It forces the other team to it puts them in a situation where they're not comfortable. Right. And I think mm-hmm. Gardner is a big part of that. I mean, he's, he's a biggish guard or, you know, wing player. Yeah. Um, Jabril-esque. Jabril-esque. He can cover a lot of ground pretty quickly. Um, I, I think if you're going to press, at least Gardner is a guy that, you know, you don't mind playing him a few minutes. If he picks a, a few fouls, big deal. Um, but I, I agree. <laughs> I also agree with your points about Blair. He's probably lights out in practice. He was very good in the Bahamas. I'll give him that. I think he he led the team a couple times in scoring yeah. in the Bahamas. Um, so and and shooters have to shoot. I mean, he's a streaky shooter. I, I can very easily see a time this season when you and I are discussing, you know, the Javon Blair game where he goes five for five from three, and, and you know, and carries the team to some crazy insane victory um i think so yeah, yeah. no um well to be fair to him shooting is probably his most important attribute so i'm ass- I, that's I, I would where- think it's I, I would think that's his <laughs> only attribute what else well, what else is he what else is he doing 
Well, right, and that that's that's sort of why I, the fact that he's been first off the bench, that's mm-hmm. that's leading me to my conclusion that in practice he's just ripping it up, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, but that that's sort of what you have to do. Like you know, I hate when you listen to guys talk about on TV like, oh, so and so should have made the tournament, and then never say like, well, who should have been dropped off. So if I'm going to sit here and tweet things like, I bet the bench gets shortened, then I got to try and figure out where it's coming from. You know, you can't just say shorten the bench and then not provide some sort of. So I mean, like obviously, like Wahab has to come in and spell your seven. So not it's not him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so and again, I thought and I thought he gave some some good minutes again. Wahab. Oh yeah, I, for I, sure. I think he's he, been one of the one of the bright spots. Yeah, he's really playing um, beyond uh, a freshman at this point. Uh, hasn't done anything really silly. I mean, sure, I guess he's picked up a couple of tic tac fouls, but that's to be expected completely. I think he's been really good rebounding um he's he's even showed some touch around the rim um all good signs for him so far i think really the thing that's plagued the team just sloppy generally right just turnovers um missing open shots that you'd think they'd be hitting and i don't know you tell me you're at the games is there is there any semblance of the home court advantage there at this point like is there like when the team is down you can almost see like the body language kind of sulking what's really going to pick them up that's yeah, that is a, definitely a concern. So the first two games, the attendance has basically added up to about nine thousand. Which, oh. if you go, if you go back about five years, you could kind of just expect nine thousand people to show up, no matter about who they played. Maybe maybe more like seventy five hundred, but it did get. I thought it felt like a little. It felt like a home court advantage for a time when they were coming back against Mount St. Mary's. But when you look around, and the the mood lighting has definitely helped, like it does mm-hmm. at bars. Uh, the mood lighting has definitely helped, you know, sort of hide some of the glaring holes of seating and entire sections that that are empty. But no, you're right; it's not it's not been particularly great in there. But that's why you got that's why you have to go out and beat Penn State, and you have to get Texas. And I know I'm thinking ahead because I'm not playing, so it doesn't matter if I think ahead. But you know, if they get to play Duke and they play Duke a decent game, I feel like that's going to be a, it's going to be a big deal. And it just you have to win or compete and do stuff like that in order to get people interested. There's a lot of options in the DC area and they've been down for four years now. And it shows when you go there, you're just like, wow, could have been another game at McDonough. You know, if they had built that, that whatever arena Leonsis did for the G league team, if there had been any sort of like, Hey, let's make this the G league and Georgetown. And I know there's complicated issues that go into that, but that seems like the perfect size place for most of Georgetown's non-conference games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this has been an issue that, We've discussed ad nauseum for the better part of a decade is the lack of any home court advantage. I, I do hope that wins start to change that. Um, the Penn State game does really represent. I mean, if I'm a student at Georgetown, the schedule comes out. I'm like, okay, first game it's on some week night against Mount St. Mary's. Eh, you know, maybe I'll go to the Tombs or something else instead. Saturday, maybe I'd go, but it's Central Arkansas. They're gonna win that. I don't need to be there. Really, Penn State represents the first game that is against an opponent that any kid who isn't really a fan of sports would actually hear of the name of the opponent um, yeah. and would probably show up. I, so I, I'm going to use the Penn State game as a barometer for uh, attendance, really. I, I don't think they get to 10,000. 10,000 seems to be like a weekend-only mark that they reach when they're kind of, or at least in, Ewing, in the Ewing era. Um, but I'd be surprised if they don't at least hit eight. 
I think they have to. Yeah, and I want, and you know, a lot of that's going to be, guess what, Penn State fans, right? Which, which is, you which is, sort which is of fine. Need. Which is fine. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I mean, even them being in the building like adds to the atmosphere. I mean, like, look, let's not kid ourselves. When Georgetown, when the Big East didn't, you know, split or whatever, however you want to call it. Georgetown benefited from, you know, Notre Dame, um, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, Louisville, these teams that were coming in that brought their own stuff. You know, I don't think, you know, Creighton fans have been infiltrating uh, Capital One Arena, Um, Xavier fans, you know, no disrespect. I'm sure that there are coming because everyone lives in D.C. from everywhere. But, you know, the attendance numbers benefited from that different look a conference. And, 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 and numbers aside, it's just so much more fun. I mean, if you've got right. a bunch of fans from the opposing team in there and when your team goes on a run, you get louder, they get louder. I mean, it's just so much more fun when you've got some buzz in the arena, which has been really devoid. Um, that might have been the second time I've used devoid in this podcast, which might be a record. Are you getting sponsored? Um, I don't know. Speaking of sponsorship, <laughs> segue here. Um, Actually, you know what? Can we pause? I never remember to do this, and it's so hard for me to go in. Let's just pause for a second. Pausing. Okay, we're back. Oh. Uh, so, where I left off was I was at the Saints game yesterday. You know, I live in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, game was terrible. I guess the Saints came out flat after the bye week. No big deal. But I left in the middle of the fourth quarter because I was like, well, everyone's at the Saints game, everyone's watching the Saints game this is my chance to get one of these Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Okay. Okay. I've, and I've I had did, one. And, and I, I did. And so yesterday was my first foray into the thing. And I, I wanted to hate it. I really did. I wanted to, be, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to be like, this is just no big deal. Um, and I kind of want another one. Now, <laughs> do you go to Popeye's often? I mean, I wouldn't call it often, but, but you know, Popeyes in New Orleans is an institution, so, okay. uh, so I, guess, I, I, I would certainly go to Popeyes more than anyone else listening to this probably would. Well, no, I, I was just asking. So, was your weight for the sandwich was it like was it like normal weight or was it like you know these weights you've been seeing on Twitter? Like, where did you wait like an hour? No, no. Zero, zero, zero seconds. Like literally, because I, that that's what I'm saying. Like everyone's watching the Saints game, blah blah. Rolled right in, run through the drive-through, pulled right in, chicken sandwich, please. I mean, and then I have it like two minutes later. Best thing ever. Okay, so I got it when it first came out. Well, that's I mean that's ridiculous. No, but it was like it was like a random Tuesday, and it was during lunch, or it was like it was like a little bit after lunch. It was more like one thirty, and uh, my buddy texts me. He's like, "Hey, are you know are you working from home? Can you meet me?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." So he gets there, and there's like a decent line. And he's sitting, and I was like, oh, did you order two of them? He goes, no, I just got mine. I'm like, so wait. <laughs> so <laughs> you wanted to go get the sandwich. We agree to come here. You get here before me, and there's a line, and you think, I'll just get myself one? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So needless yeah, to I say, mean, that's, we're not that's, fr- that's, that's just selfish, really. Needless to say, we're not friends anymore. But, um, yeah. Well, no, no, we thing. Are, but... I, I think I think it was a good. It, it was just it, it was just a good sandwich. I thought the, the the chicken was very very moist. I got the spicy version, by the way, not the regular one. Of I think course. If you're if you're going and getting the regular one, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. But the spicy one was excellent. Nice, like thick, moist piece of chicken. Little sauce on there was nice. The pickle was nice. Everything was nice about it. Really, I mean, I I, I really kind of want another one. Now, now 
do you, you think know, that ahead. they're that they're holding them back on purpose to like to sort of manufacture this buzz to last longer? I think they are. Well, I mean, I, it's it's really been a brilliant strategy. At the end of the day, it's <laughs> it's a chicken sandwich, right? Right. Like, <laughs> it's 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 not on the margins that much better than one at Burger King, for example, or you know Wendy's or or what have you. But you know they they've done a nice job with creating creating noise about it so it has become a thing i mean otherwise i would never stop at popeyes on my way back from the superdome after a, a saint's loss no no chance yeah um okay before we go here obviously thursday is a big day let's yeah. just do a, let's just do a couple things real quick um lamar stevens is penn state's best player he's been a double digit score all four years He's not really a three-point threat. He's a you know a forward in this day and age. It's not a three-point threat. It's kind of unusual. Do um, mm-hmm. you think they're going to start out with LeBlanc or pick it on him? Well, I don't even know if LeBlanc's going to start. So I, I think Pickett's <laughs> pick probably the safe answer. I will say yeah. that I think Penn State, even though they're our best opponent so far, they probably play into our hands a bit better you know, than these guard-oriented three-point gunner squads um penn state's more of a interior team so to speak you know so i think we have the bodies uh to, to beat these guys or at least contain them i would be very surprised if this game gets out of hand the other way yeah i don't I, yeah i i yes i think that they're going to be okay and that's why i said everyone needs to wait till thursday and that's the earliest you can panic um, I think LeBlanc's going to start. And I know Ewing doesn't like to play zone at all, so I think you're going to see LeBlanc on Stevens. Um, I think the big problem, you know, when you go the other way is, you know, who on their team is able to stop your your seven, I think. And that's going to be a problem mm-hmm. for most teams on Georgetown's mm-hmm. schedule. Um, and they don't really have a big that can shoot threes, which is going to be the problem, I think, that Georgetown faces in the other side of the your seven matchup. Um, Georgetown hasn't been ranked since 2015 no one expected them to be ranked yet they did go um they had three people vote for them in the first poll everyone's favorite person john rothstein some guy from atlanta no one knows why and then our own dave preston from wtop dave preston is the only one that is continuing to believe in georgetown nationally do you think um you think this game matters do you think being ranked in the ap top 25 matters i while i know it doesn't really mean you're better than someone i think it matters a lot Oh, it matters tremendously uh, when you have that top 25 ranking next to your team. You start appearing in the ticker. I think it gets the, the yeah. student body revved up a little bit more, too. I don't think we get there until we beat Texas. Yeah. Um, and the problem with that is, I, what's, what's the day of the week that we play Texas? Probably like a Tuesday. So the rankings would come out on Monday. Um, so it would be tougher unless we beat Texas and they play Texas on a Thursday. So okay. Thursday, yeah. Friday. So let's say they beat Texas. Let's say they lose to Duke in a heartbreaker. I think that's enough that might get them ranked. Cause I think, I, th- I think so. I, I think, I think that would do it. Assuming we're undefeated going into the Texas game, of course. Um, right. But yeah, I think beat Texas, beat Texas, beat Duke for sure. Um, beat Texas, play Duke in a, you know, gamely and lose. Um, probably. That'd be my guess. Um, I think we need to have Dave Preston on at some point as uh, I see him all the time. It's hard to go to an event without seeing him. I actually mentioned to him on Saturday and I said, uh, what are the chances Georgetown you think would have gotten votes in the next poll had they lost him out in St. Mary's? And 
you know, he said pretty much none. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> not that I didn't know that answer. It was just cool to be able to talk to the source a little bit. Couple, couple um, other things to note real quick. Yeah. Um, for, so for the second consecutive game, we have an issue with some guy, well, some student athlete who was on the bench, not on the bench, in a suit, not in a suit. Uh, Timothy Ighoffa, the, the African freshman sensation, nowhere to be found. Uh, was, was, was not on the bench in uniform or a suit. Uh, once again, we have no information from the school, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, and then the only thing I wanted to mention was how much I hate the oh, yeah. season hashtag. Why is that? A, I, I, you definitely tweeted me. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. That's so, I, th- all, I think I think we're showing our age a little bit. First of all, I'm indifferent towards it, but I feel like I, th- I feel like I see that season on everything now, right? Isn't that sort of yeah? Sort but of like we're, a, we're, the, we're we're the Georgetown Hoyas, right? Well, it's Hoyas season, but it's not. It's Hoya season. It's like, and okay. even then, I feel like the SZN thing is like. I don't even know. It 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 just bothers me. It, it it's all about like Instagram millennial nonsense. Well, that's why I said I think <laughs> that's sort of an age divide that we have going, and we're getting on the wrong side of it. Okay, but are you seeing it trending anywhere? It's like it's not even working. So like, what what do you what what's the point of it? Like, why just 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 use Hoya Saxa? To me, and this is a thing I had for years. To me, even that H4L thing. That hashtag didn't make much sense. If you see a hashtag that says H4L, right, are you thinking, oh, that's a Georgetown Hoyas hashtag, short for Hoya for life? No, that just doesn't make any sense. Just put hashtag Hoya Saxa for everything moving forward. Have you, with your great power of the Twitter followers, made a poll about this? I haven't made a poll. I don't want to upset anyone. There's probably some kid in the marketing department who like spent a lot of time on this and like put it to a vote at a marketing we, meeting. And you don't have like, to. Okay. Dis- <laughs> you don't have to disparage it. You're like, hey guys, what do you think makes more sense? Hoya Saxa, H4, what is it? <laughs> H, H4L. I don't even know what I, right. I, I exactly. wasn't paying attention to that one. Or yeah. Hoya Season. I mean, for me, I think. The biggest problem is the way Georgetown's transition defense and all that <laughs> stuff is going. I'm not really focusing on the hashtags. Fine. Um, so, so make it hashtag <laughs> NTD, no transition defense. That makes just as much sense as Hoya season. I will no say sense. this, though. The Kente, and I know I tweeted a picture of it. I went up during a TV timeout, and I went up to the top of the, of the, the 100 level and took a picture of the scoreboard, and there was just – like teal kente everywhere and i was just smiling you know lovely just, you know look baby steps. And, we're, we're getting there we're, we're fixing the program one step at a time um so Hashtag, yes hashtag's got to change hashtag <laughs> has got to change and you're of the position that just keep it simple stupid just toy saxa and just that makes the most sense it it, it does it, it just keep it simple Keep it something that everyone with that, who has any affiliation to Georgetown is going to recognize. Um, it just makes too much sense. It's it's almost like it, it's too easy. It's, I mean, it's not like anyone in that meeting is like, hey, guys, shouldn't we just do like a hashtag Hoya Saxa? Yeah, but, you know, are the millennials going to like that on Instagram? Let's do Hoya season. Well, even though we're, we're the even though it's Hoya's season 
So, oh, but that's two <laughs> S's. So we'll use the middle S to be both the S and Hoys in season. Yeah, let's let's do that. No. Well, you know what though, and this shows how much and how little I pay attention. I feel like likes are going away on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. So they blew it. <laughs> <laughs> they did it to generate likes, and likes are going away. And it's time to change the hashtag. Who do Which, I talk to? We can talk a minute for this. I, I don't really understand why you would get rid of likes. I think it'd probably be good for kids' uh, wellness. Because I'm sure there's kids that are, you know, posting pictures and they're not getting likes, and they're making them hate them, 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 you know, hate themselves. But from an Instagram point of view, like, isn't that the whole reason people go on Instagram is to like stuff? The whole reason people post stuff on Instagram is for daily affirmation to get yeah. likes, which is why I haven't posted anything on Instagram in like over a year because it's ridiculous. So that's yeah, a whole I, different. That's a whole different thing. If I get, you know, an interesting picture of my kid or, you know, one of my... No one go- wants to see it. No one wants to see it. You'd be surprised. Like, I, get, I, I get a couple I likes. I know you're, you're getting <laughs> likes because then they... You're getting likes from people because We're they in turn... Currency. Then they say, oh, if I like your pick, then you're going to like my pick and my pick is going to generate X amount of likes. The whole thing is ridiculous. Look, I, I read this book. Digital minimalism. How many books have you read? <laughs> like I read this book. No, I read this book. It's called Digital Minimalism. It's the last book I read pretty recently. Okay. Highly recommend it. All about how social media generally, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram especially, just, you know, sucks on the, 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 the basic human elements of needing to be liked and, um, and, and how they particularly design software to prey on that human element and how basically cell phones are the new slot machines. Very interesting stuff. But I digress. Let's go beat Penn State, and uh, we'll, we'll talk after that game. Well, speaking of likes, I hope everyone likes Kente Corner, <laughs> and I hope that you go and you rate it on iTunes and Google Podcasts and Spotify and whatever will take your likes there, no matter what Andrew says. Um, Hopefully, we do not have to do an emergency Friday podcast that the sky is falling. But in the event that Georgetown does, we will have all of the takes for you. Um, Again, Bobby Bancroft, Andrew Geiger. We'll see you soon. All right. Later. Bye-bye. Bye.